really happy to see you all here. Uh, I, I know a lot of you because many of you are my students, but half of the crowd I don't know, so I'll just tell you that uh, my name is, is, is Bernie Gallagher. That's not a big deal, but what is a big deal, I hope, is uh, the success of the next hour and 20 minutes were late. One of my lesbian friends was, well, that's not her. <laughs> so anyway, I used to introduce this as the last and fourth special event in the course that I teach called social psychiatry. But it's become more than that uh, in the last year or two. It's become a much larger event, as you can see. And it's co-sponsored by the service department and, and, and most importantly by the Office of Student Life and by the Gay Straight Coalition. I assume that most of you have heard of the Gay Straight Coalition. If you haven't, you will have heard of it today. They're, they're great people and look in cool shirts. And it's just a, it's a wonderful thing to belong to. It's a group of people who uh, are both faculty and students and administrators at Villanova who are organized, in my opinion, to reduce hatred and increase understanding of people of different sexual orientation. I guess we're a That's one way of putting it in a, uh, in, a, in a succinct fashion, I hope. Kathy is the leader of the group, in my opinion, although I'm sure that she'll deny that in her, in her modesty. But it's a really cool organization, and it's very consistent with the, with the cash, compassion component of the mission statement of Philadelphia University. So, I used to say simple-minded things like, I want to make sure that nobody walks down the aisle in May with uh, myths about gay people. I want to make sure that you walk down the aisle with the objective facts about what it's like to be gay. Uh, I used to say things like, um, I want to make sure that you know that not all these people come from screwed up backgrounds as the popular literature used to have it. That's, that's a myth. Uh, I want you to know that everybody has a different story, as it were. Uh, in terms of coming out and beyond, that's a fact. I want you to know, start doing the ABCs now, that age of awareness of being gay varies enormously from person to person. Uh, but in general, uh, it's been my experience and from what I've read that gay guys are more likely to know that they're gay uh, at an earlier age than, than are women. Uh, I want you to know that discrimination and violence against gays, despite what you might read in online, almost said newspapers, they're dead. Uh, or you see on television that discrimination and violence against gay people, gay people has really actually increased rather than, than decreased. I want you to know that, uh, that lesbians don't all go to college. <laughs> so today's different. I mean, even the title of of uh, this little get-together has changed. My students used to affectionately refer to it as Gay Day. We don't joke around in that way anymore. Hey, there she is. Thanks, Lizzie. We now call this day Sexuality and Gender. And it became obvious over the last couple of years that Villanova students are a lot more sophisticated about questions involving homosexuality. So we tried to sort of up the ante with higher level questions, and to do that, uh, one of the members of my panel, Jess Streeter, my friend right here, who's really smart, although I never know that by looking at her hat. 
She wrote a letter to my students before they made up questions, which are in those different piles. And it's really, it's really clever. I'll just read a few, a few uh, blurbs from it. It says, dear Nova students. By the way, do you know that somebody actually got pissed off and called them Nova students? I don't really? know. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I'm here. I feel allowed to do it. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> Well, dear Nova students, in the past, we as a panel have come in and just answered your questions you have had for us. And we love sharing our stories and our lives with you, and we'll continue to do so. But we have a few questions for you this semester. So they wanted my students to read this uh, document before they made up the questions. And she had a, has a list of 10 questions. I'm not going to read them all out. But uh, I think you can get a feel from the few that I've, that I've picked. Uh, question number one, when did you know you were straight? Uh, number two, how did you know? How did your parents react to, to you telling them you're straight? In other words, it's sort of like turning around on, on uh, other people. It's a sarcastic approach, but I think it's one, it's one that works. Uh, another question that, that, that's asked on here is, has anyone tried to fix you when they found out that you were straight? All right, so I'll stop with the letter, but there was one really I gotta tell you, Jess, this is a really funny part that I think is uh, right, on, right on the mark. At the end, oh, I can't find it. Here it is. That being said, please feel free to ask us whatever you want. We love answering all of your questions, and we'll probably force our coming out stories on you whether or not you ask for this. We also don't want to give you the impression that we're horribly oppressed. On the contrary, most of us lead comfortable lives, blah, blah, blah. And. This is the part that I really like. We also want you to know that we dress better than you do and throw better parties. <laughs> okay? So, kudos, kudos to Jess. Now, before I introduce the panel and we start talking about the real issues, let me uh, simply say to the whole group that while there are piles of prepared questions from the students that we'll get to, I want everybody in this classroom at any time to feel comfortable to raise their hand. I don't care if it's now. You can raise your hand now and say, how come you talk so well? And ask them anything you want. They've heard it all before. They're not ashamed of anything. And there's no way that you can embarrass them. I wanted to talk to you guys uh, and ask if each of you would speak for a few minutes about whatever you think you want these people to come up away from this event today. Your, your pick. We'll, we'll go from right to left. So Lizzie, you have a lot of time to think about it. I know you need more time because you know, you're younger than the rest of us. Funny? Okay, so I'm not funny, so let me introduce the panel and we'll move right off. This is Jess Reeder. Jess, Jess graduated from Villanova. Watch me screw up these years in 06. Yep. Really? Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. right? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> she majored in sociology. Sorry. Okay, that's pretty modern, huh? And she's now working on her PhD in psychiatric sociology at Rutgers University. So if everything works out, when I retire, which will probably be whenever the Mack truck hits me, she's going <laughs> to take my place. This guy is really cool. He's a senior at Villanova. His name is Rich Bacari. Uh, I admire Rich because I've never met a student who was still a student at Villanova who had so much guts to just come out and tell the truth as he sees it. So 
if you want to ask a question, you're going to get an answer from him. He's polite, <laughs> but he holds nothing back. <laughs> this is Brandon Fanny. I'm going to get the, the year wrong. I, th I want to guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Uh, I think 08. Really? <laughs> I'm afraid to keep going. Good for you. Yeah. Where did you come from? New York? New Jersey. Uh-huh. And, and where do you work? I work in New Jersey City and Manhattan. I mean, what do you do? I'm in HR for a large consulting firm. Oh, okay, cool. <coughs> and at the end is my, my, my favorite and long-lasting friend, Lizzie Smith, who is a nurse at Drexel University. And is it still safe to say that uh, you work? I oh, know you did have over the years work with AIDS patients, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. HIV nurse practitioner. All HIV nurse practitioner. Well, that certainly is a definite yes. So three people are from Villanova, and you know she blows my miss. She went to Bryn Mawr. Okay, but she, she's the only one. So Jess, why don't you? Yes, you didn't say the year. Huh? Thank you, Bernie. Uh, right. <laughs> you want to start off? And, and make a few remarks, and then we'll move down that way, and then see what comes out of all this. What are my remarks again? Say smart things. Smart things. Yeah. Uh, what you hope they will come, they will take away from this event, if you had to pick one thing. Or if you don't like that approach, whatever you think is most important to say today. That, by the way, is a microphone. Leave it on. You know, I can start if you want to. Yeah, you can start. Yeah, okay. I, got nothing, nothing I have like a little story that I usually tell each um, time because you guys are a social psychology class. And well, they're from everywhere now. This is the oh, whole this community. is from everywhere. Yeah, yeah, All right. This is, uh, these are not my but students. Some of them are, Only some half of them are them social more. psychology. Okay. Um, so I'm going to come up there. Just, do you mind if I share your video? No, you want to? Uh, you need something right with? No, no, I just like to have this. Good. Perfect. So I just want to tell you the story about um, how homosexuality was first included and then removed from the DSM, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Disorder, which those of you who are in Dr. Gallagher's class, you know, you've been talking about different mental illnesses. And when he first asked me to talk to the class, I think it was about, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. No, we're not that old. Right. He was taking people to mental hospitals to talk about different mental disorders. Right. And he said, you know, homosexuality is no longer considered a disorder, so instead of me just telling that to you guys, why don't you talk to some gay people? And that's how the panel started. So I heard this great story about how it was removed from the DSM, and I thought it would be interesting to, for you guys, uh, because it talks about sampling bias. So how many people here have taken statistics? All right, so a, lot. a lot of hands, but if you were to ask me, he liked it. So <laughs> right, okay. So we're going to talk a little bit about sampling bias and how that can influence the um, results of data and the interpretation of data. So the original studies of homosexuality were performed by Dr. Sacharides and Bieber on subjects who were in mental hospitals, jails, and military breaks. So what kind of sample do you think that was? Somebody speak because I was reading. Come on, stats, people. Surrounded by the same sex. Mil same military in the jail. So that's true, but that, that's not what I'm looking for. Oh, you mean you're looking for the, a statistical name for that yeah, type of sample? Kind of, so you have a, a randomized sample, or you have a 
a non-random sample. So they took their subjects from three particular institutions, and not surprisingly, they found that the homosexuals who were in jail in the military brig and in mental hospitals were unhappy, maladjusted, and led dysfunctional lives. So um, in the late 1960s, there was a psychologist named Evelyn Hooker, and she performed psychological testing, including the Rorschach test um, and personality tests on non-institutionalized, normal homosexuals and normal heterosexuals. And she wanted to determine if there was any significant difference from a randomized sample of people. And two-thirds of the homosexuals had completely normal tests, which was consistent with the heterosexual population. So these findings were the ones that led to the <coughs> removal of homosexuality from the DSM in 1973, so not that long ago, at their psychological convention. So at that particular convention, two doctors, psychiatrists, Spitzer and Ronald Gold, argued that the dysfunction seen in some homosexuals was caused by the stigma that was placed on them by the culture, rather than something that was intrinsic. Um, and that was the result of the homophobia. And the term homophobia just refers to the fear and hatred of homosexuals. Um, now, that doesn't mean that homosexual people aren't depressed. Well, we're depressed, but heterosexual people are depressed. But there was nothing intrinsic about homosexuality that was causing them to be depressed. So then over the last 30 years, there's been a pretty radical shift in the perception of homosexuality in the psychiatric profession. There was a survey of psychiatrists in 1970. 90% of them believed that homosexuality was abnormal. Then this new data came out, and 20 years later, actually, I'm sorry, 30 years later, in 2003, they did the same survey of psychiatrists, and it's actually flipped. 90% of psychiatrists in 2003 believe that homosexuality is a natural variation in the human condition. And uh, the 10% thing, you're supposed to be asking questions on this. This will be my last question, you're right. Uh, these numbers, Lizzie, they're all over the place. Now, Kinsey, in his famous study in 1948, now the way he worded his, his question was, have you ever had a homosexual experience? And the answer was 30% of the guys. But that was worded, have you ever had a homosexual experience? Maybe they did, didn't like it, and then went the other way. Right? And then there's another study done of sexuality among American males in their 20s and 30s a few years ago. And it was anonymous, and it was random, so it met all those requirements. And one of the questions asked was, uh, whether they were gay or not, and it was only like 2.3%. And the gay community usually uses the term 1 in 10. Right. Where do you think the truth lies? Well, I think it's a great question. I think the first one of was course. talking about a homosexual experience, so an act. So there's a lot of people who may have had same-sex experiences at some point in their lives. Doesn't mean that they then choose the identity of being homosexual. So. I think to choose an identity that's stigmatized in the culture is hard to do. So I think if you're asking someone, do they identify as gay, particularly young people, yeah. they might not choose to embrace a life where they know they're going to uh, be discriminated against. Yeah. So I would say probably that you know the 10% is somewhere around the world and throughout history. Yeah. Okay.
And then there are a lot of people who fall on the continuum. You know, there's a continuum of sexuality. There are very few people who are on one end, like 10. <laughs> we call it, in, for women, the gold star dykes who've never had sex with a man. And gold yeah. star dykes? Yes. <laughs> for those in my class. It's an in-group term. <laughs> So a 10 on the gay scale, and then you've got, uh, you know, on the other end, zero, or 10 on the heterosexual scale. So there are very few people who are going to be a 10 on either side. You know, most of us will have some experience over our lifetime yeah. with the opposite sex. I or better the hurry sex. up. <laughs> There's always something. <laughs> so why don't you guys, you want to do your little, I don't want to hog the time. All right, um, mine's going to be a little short and sweet. I just figured I'll tell you, we are just the same as all of you, just have a different sexual identity here. Um, I prefer men. So what? Who cares? Just like everybody else here, hopefully we can change your mind if you have little feelings of animosity towards any of us for any reason. But if not, it's just something to keep in mind, even if you disagree with who we are and whatnot, you don't have to act on it. You don't have to belittle us in any way. You don't have to say anything. Just be mindful of that. We treat you with respect, so treat us with respect. But he didn't mean that in a hostile fashion. No, he I'm, I'm not going to take any of you out in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's really important because you all are going to work with gay people. You may have gay people in your family. You're going to come across us. So I agree. We might not be able to convince you that it's okay, but what we're asking for is tolerance and respect, I think. And then the business world now is becoming very intolerant of intolerance. Yeah. So that that is something to keep in mind, if any of you are looking to work in corporate America especially. Yeah, now that reminds me. You and I had a little exchange uh, mm -hmm. by telephone. Uh, tell tell them what that was all about because I I tried I know you tried it I can't even remember at this point but it was a campaign within your company to more or less it, enlighten it, the employees about it didn't uh, get you, off know, the you ground got gay people yet. working here you better treat them with respect blah 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 yeah it didn't get off the ground just yet it didn't no not yet well, we're, we're waiting for putting it off but it will get up there and my <laughs> you, know, you know, I wish you wouldn't graduate so you could still be here next year. I wish you'd like flunk well, something. I'm local, so. You'll be local? Maybe. Local or local? Local. <laughs> um, I don't know. My uh, main thing, I guess, to get across would be just the fact that I think nowadays it's kind of more, obviously it's more accepted than it used to be, but um, it leads to a different kind of bias and um, discrimination because very few people you'll meet nowadays are like, oh, I hate gay people, or I hate fags, or I hate whatever, like, because it's kind of unpopular, especially like on Nova campus, everybody's like socially conscious and doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings and everybody's nice. And, but at the same time, then it leads people to have biases and then they don't voice their opinion. So you might be uncomfortable and it's perfectly okay to be uncomfortable. Like I hate people feel like guilty about it or they don't want to hurt your feelings. No, that's fine. But the only way to get past that is instead of just being quiet, go ahead, ask questions. Like. This is the time to do it. Yeah. If it's awkward, if it's discriminatory, I well, I can't speak for everybody, but I don't get offended easily at all. I don't. Yeah, like we heard I have, it all. Yeah. yeah, I have no. We probably heard it something a million times worse at some point. Mm -hmm. So the worst thing you make a great point. The worst thing that you can do as an audience is to sit there with a question in your head and not let it come out of your mouth. Really, they got the guts to come up here and speak about all aspects of their personal life. So don't you don't you you know hesitate to pull the trigger. Yeah. Well, I have no shame, so.
<laughs> Whatever's on your mind, you can probably ask and we'll get you an answer, so. And what would you like to have to say before we get, well, we'll start with these questions, because that way we don't have to, like, rely on the audience. Not and then we'll get, them, talk, we'll get them all with them. Not, <laughs> not going to let me talk, are you? Uh, no, I'm just talking a lot. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Um, so what I basically want you guys to take away from this, um, you can see sort of bits of it in the letter and everything, but I want you guys to understand that sexuality is, it's not a binary. It's not, you know, all the straight people in the audience and all the gay people up here. Um, same thing with gender. Uh, gender is not a binary. Um, both of these are continuums. Both of these are areas where you can identify outside of these social categories that are given. You can identify outside of gay or straight, you can identify outside of male or female, um, which we talk a little bit about um, trans and queer identities and all of that. Because um, those are still the aspects of the gay community that are sort of not understood as well as just, you know, straight out gay. So we just kind of want you guys to understand that these things are continuums and it's not like an us versus them sort of thing there's no two categories people can identify anywhere and all of this is very very fluid um, so that's kind of what I would like you guys to take away from this because that's sort of still where understanding is a little bit off when it when it comes to these talks and everything okay now uh, there's five piles of questions did you did you separate these two into one is this, are these for me? Uh, uh, no, I, I had two on top, I kind of like. Oh, okay. Do you want a pile? I like these questions on top. So we have similar tastes. Yes, we do. Do you want to read it? We don't need to read the person's name. Go ahead. Do you want us to do um, coming out stories, or are we just going straight questions? Do you want to hear the coming out stories? Because I have, have like anyway. five questions in here on coming out stories. Do you so want to go down the line about coming out? The pros and cons? <laughs> Get it over with? The interesting one. All right, I guess I'll go. Um, oh, yours is funny. So yeah, so I've kind of, I've kind of always known. Um, I disagree with him every time he says that women know later. Um, it's kind of different because women are socialized that it's okay to be really close with other women. So there's sort of fewer issues with thinking you might be gay earlier on until sexuality becomes part of that. Um, but anyway, I knew really early on. Um, you know, we'd be watching movies in my house, and I'd be staring at the girls kissing, and I'd be like, I like that better. So, you know, I, I kind of always knew, um, but I just, I never had a name to put to it, just from the household I was in. Gay wasn't talked about in either a positive or negative light, it was just entirely absent. Um, so, comes up, I'm like sitting on, online one day, like, back when chat rooms were new and crazy and exciting, and uh, this, you know, presumably a girl, probably like a horny 40-year-old man, um, texts me and says, you know, oh, are you into girls? And I was like, ew, no, that is disgusting. And, you know, I log off, go about my day, and later that night I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, not that disgusting. No, no, it's not. So from there, I kind of started to look into it more and familiarize myself more with the community. Um, I started dating girls and everything. Um, and at one point, I guess my mom was snooping through internet files and everything, and as technologically illiterate as she usually is, she somehow found out I was on gay web pages. And um, she sits me down right before I was about to come to college, like very end of my senior year. Um, I already selected Villanova. She sits me down and she says, um, look, uh, I see you going down this gay path, and if you continue down this path, we won't support you financially or emotionally. 
meanwhile, Villanova's not the cheapest place in the universe, so I'm like, all right, I'll pretend I'm not gay for four years. That works. Uh, so I kind of just, I didn't talk about it at all with my mom. Um, she was really hostile towards me on everything. Um, I came home one weekend, I had my tongue pierced, and she's like, oh, so what, you're a fucking dyke now? I was like, all no, right. No, it's sure, a regular yeah. dyke. <laughs> <laughs> so she's, she's really hostile through the entire thing. Um, at one point, I'd snuck home a girlfriend with a bunch of other friends, so it didn't look like it was just my girlfriend coming over, but... She was over. Um, my friends go from the basement outside to go get some beers. And my mom's in bed, my dad's downstairs, so he hasn't said anything to me about the whole gay thing at this point. Um, he, he's like floating around watching TV, and my friends go out to get beers, and then my girlfriend and I start making out. And I hear the basement door open, and I figure it's my friends uh, coming back down. Apparently, it was my father coming down the steps, on his way to the gun shop was right next door to where we were laying. So that was exciting in itself. Um, he goes in and he just stares at me. I look up, I have a panic attack. And he's just like, turn the fucking TV down. I was like, all right, dad, thanks. Um, I don't talk to him for a few days and he's kind of really hostile towards me for a little bit, like really standoffish. Um, I tell him uh, I'm bi, because that's how I, I identify usually, queer usually, but for all intents and purposes, by I explained that to him, and he's like, well, if you're ashamed about this, then maybe you shouldn't be doing it. I was like, well, you have lots of guns. I just really don't want to be killed right now, so <laughs> that's my main thing. Um, eventually, my dad sort of comes around. He sits me down uh, with my mom and my dad uh, just this last summer, so this is like four years after all that happened. Um, he sits me down from my mom, and he's like, look, we kind of know you're gay. We've talked about it before. We're okay with it. Uh, meanwhile, in the corner, my mom has stopped breathing, turned beet red, is flipping through the channels frantically. When my dad stops talking, she's like, oh my god, have you seen this commercial before? Has anyone seen this commercial? This is a great commercial. He totally ignores anything ever happened. Um, so my dad and I are kind of on the level now where it's cool. It took him a while to be okay with it, um, but we're on good terms now. And my mom is still in complete denial, sending me pictures of guys that she thinks are hot and all this weird stuff and asking about boyfriends, which is just awkward. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty rough through most of college, but you know, they, they came around eventually. I know, I know this is really hard for you to speak louder than me, but uh, education you think would really count and that people who are more highly educated wouldn't hold these primitive views towards gay people. And for the most part, that's generally true. But it's not universally true. For instance, I have a very close friend uh, who has a PhD, which is supposed to mean something more than how high and deep. You know, you'd think it would be some insight into human behavior, who keeps telling me this same story over and over and over and over and over about this guy who was gay, but then he met this woman and she turned him. I'm trying to tell him, I no longer speak, I said that this topic is taboo, that he's probably bisexual, you know? But he just can't get it through his head. I don't know, he could have 10 PhDs and he'd still be stupid as a stove, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, what was another one that was that you liked? Oh, I think we were doing coming out stories. Oh, the coming out stories. Yeah, if anyone else had. That's it, so, you, so your father didn't see you because you're still here. Yeah, you know? that was a bonus. <laughs> um, I don't know, mine's not really that... Um, entertaining, I guess. My it's my family's pretty supportive. It's not a horror story or anything. Um, I live with just my mom, my grandmother, and my aunt. My aunt's kind of like my older sister. 
Um, like friends all knew in the beginning. Like I told them, and they were everybody was cool with it. Uh, my family was the last to know. Um, I originally came out as bi. There's, there's a saying. I don't really like it because I know it's discriminatory against like bi people. But it's a <coughs> bi now, gay later, because people tend to come out as bi first because it's like more comfortable, I guess, and then they, or gay. And um, but how old were you when um, you knew? Yeah. I knew for a while, but I was I came to terms with it and accepted myself probably like senior year of high school. And then most of my friends knew that summer. And then I came to Villanova, and that took a little bit because my friends at home knew, but people here didn't know. And, you know, you're a freshman in college, you have a roommate, you don't want them to know. And, like, you know, I was in the wire, too. It was horrible. Like, I mean, it wasn't horrible, but at the same time, it's like, wow, I don't want to tell anybody here. Great. Um, but... <laughs> But, um, yeah, so it wasn't a big deal. I told my family eventually, because I, I normally don't go out of my way to tell people, especially now that I'm really comfortable with it. It usually just comes up, and if they're cool with it, they're cool. If not, it's not a big deal. But um, I wanted to get it out of the way of my family, so it's the most awkward thing ever. I think it was just, I wanted to get it off as quick as possible. I was just like, I gotta tell them. So like, I told my aunt when she was like pouring a glass of iced tea in the kitchen one time. I was like, oh, so by the way, I'm gay. And she was like, and then she just paused and was like, thought I was joking completely. And I was like, no, no, but seriously. But then she was cool with it. We talked. She was like, oh, I'd go gay for Angelina Jolie. And I was like, I'd go straight from Michelle Rodriguez. And we went back and forth. And, <laughs> and then, you know, so we talked about that. It was pretty cool. And then my mom was okay with it. I think she's more like, she was convinced I was going to get kidnapped by skinheads or something. She was more concerned for, like, my safety. Um, yeah, no, she was like, oh, you're going to, like, you know, don't tell. Like, she was okay with it, but she didn't want other people to know because she was afraid of, like, their reactions or what would happen to me. And I was like... <laughs> You know, but she leveled out and mellowed out a bit. Uh, my grandmother acted like I died for like a week. It, it was pretty bad. It was like, she was like, I should have had a funeral or something. She like, she, not that she ignored me, but she just was completely like retreated. She needed her time apart from it. And then like, she like started crying one day and came to me and she's like, well, I still love you, but like, you know, well, I had to like comfort her. But she's like semi okay with it now, but it's a different generation, so. Um, uh, my father, I like see him very rarely. And when I did, like, I only wanted to tell him if it came up. And unfortunately, I was like driving back to his house, and he mentioned, he was like, oh, so how are the girls at Nova? And I didn't want them to crash the car, so I waited for him like, to get back home. And um, so I told him, and like, there was this awkward moment I told him, and he was like, pretended to be okay with it, but then the next day, he was like, he wanted me to go to therapy, mm -hmm. and, you know, and he asked me how I could possibly know, because at the time, I hadn't done anything. Like, I hadn't had any experience, so he was like, well, how could you possibly know you haven't had sex with a girl or anything like that? I was like, so that means you were bi before you had sex with a girl, right? Like, you could have went with a guy, and it was, like, it was like, no, 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 no. But, and I was like, so, you know, and it's still, like, awkward terms with him. But otherwise, like, everybody, like, all my friends, I've never had a problem with a friend. And for, like, this generation's been fine with me. Like, and then older generations usually come around eventually. I try to, like, I told my mom, like, you can answer any questions. Like, ask any questions, even if they're awkward, I'll answer anything. Like, don't worry about it. Right. Just kind of, like, what I'm saying to you guys. And she does. She'll answer the most awkward questions ever. Like, stuff that you really don't want to ask if you're straight or gay. I'm like, Mom, please. Like, yes. <laughs> like, she wanted to get into, like, she didn't understand how certain things worked. And I was like, Mom, like, <laughs> please. <laughs> like, she wanted pictures, diagrams. Yeah. The internet. No, she just, she thought certain mechanics were, like, 
not pleasurable for one partner, and she was like, make sure, I, she was like, well, I don't want you to be gypped when you do stuff. Like, I don't want you to, like, I don't want you to, like, I want to make sure you're enjoying stuff, too. And I was like, mom, 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 please, like, like, okay, it's okay, I promise, everything's fine, right? So, You've yeah. now entered the legal world of inserter versus inserter. Yeah. yeah, so that was awkward, but for the most part, everybody's, like, my family's pretty supportive, um, they have this typical thing where it's like not in my backyard kind of deal though too, like my, especially my grandmother, like, I don't know, like American Idol had Adam Lambert, who's like Al, and they think he's like the second coming of Christ, he's like amazing to them, they're like, oh he's great, and he's so comfortable, like my grandma's like, well he's so comfortable with himself, and he's fine, and I love him, and blah, blah, and I was like, oh, okay, like, <laughs> that's cool, I'm not like talking on panels and shit, like it's fine, <laughs> like, but, whatever, <laughs> well, it's like, I'm, I'm totally not comfortable with myself, it's fine, but, so, but overall, like, everybody's supportive, it's fine, like, you know. Now, uh, before Brandon uh, gives his coming out story, I know I said I wasn't going to talk, but I have another, I have a pool of gay people that come uh, and participate in this panel event, one is named Mike Gallagher, so I can sort of speak for Mike, because we're the same last name, although we're not related. Now, if he were here, and he was asking <coughs> the coming out question, he would say, very early in life, remember what he used to say? I think it was like four years old, he was in, fell in love with the trash man. Right. right. And then right after that was with his t-ball coach. And then, you know, everybody here who went to Villanova doesn't seem to have any, any, any horror stories. Then he tells his parents, and they have this attitude about, there's something wrong with you, we're going to fix it. So he goes to all types of uh, psychotherapists and nothing changes because you're born that way, and that's the way it is, and it's not abnormal, all the stuff you know. But one, uh, remember the one therapist that he, that he went to that he really liked? What her advice was? Her advice to him was to masturbate more frequently. So he said he kept showing up for those sessions. That was it. But in college, it was horrible because, was it Fairleigh Dickinson? I think he attended Fairleigh Dickinson. I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't want to bad about the wrong school. But uh, when they found out in his dorm that he was gay, they beat the hell out of him, and, uh, and he was thrown out. So Villanova looks pretty damn nice compared to the experiences that other uh, American college students have had in, in other places. So that's the Mike Gallagher uh, trash fan story. Can I just make one comment? This is a yeah. question here. So what state in the country do you think has the most hate groups? The most hate groups? The most hate groups. The South. Oh, Texas. Texas. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Who said that? So you're in the state with the most number of hate groups. Wait, is he right? Yeah. 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 So that the question here, I thought it was a really interesting question, because it asked about attending a northeastern school versus a school in the south. I think the assumption being that there might be more discrimination against gay people in the south. Yeah. I think that probably Pennsylvania, particularly the middle of the state, um, could be one of the most dangerous places for people who are gay. Um, you know, and a lot of people face real violence when they first come out, whether it's at school or in a club. So, you know, I mean, we're laughing at all that, but there is a really serious side to this um, that is pretty distressing. Is it more of a threat to guys than to women? I guess that's an indirect way of saying is uh, uh, lesbianism seen as more acceptable, as it were, than 
being a gay yeah, guy? Yeah, I don't have the um, statistics, so I, I don't know. I, my assumption would be that it is. It the, depends the on the appearance. The stories we read are usually yeah. people, if somebody's right. beaten up, it's typically a male. Yeah. It depends on the appearance. If you have a really flamboyantly gay male or like, a stone butch lesbian, those are the two groups that are going to be targeted versus a heterosexual looking gay. Right. Because they'll just blend in and no one will think twice. Good answer. You're so smart. I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're so smart, Brandon. Um, so I guess I knew fourth grade, fifth grade that I was gay. Um, I always, just since then, I was like, oh, you know, that guy's pretty cute. I kind of like him watching TV and whatnot. Um, so eventually, it took me a while to be comfortable with myself. It took me a very long time. Um, I started to tell my friends, I guess sophomore year of college, um, very few close ones that I've known actually since high school. Uh, I started telling them first. They were all very accepting. Um, then I finally came out to everyone going into senior year of college. Um, I had a great boyfriend at the time, good you know, sense of stability there and uh, support. So, I said, you know what, I'm going to do it. I got him having my back. So I uh, told all my friends. Nobody cared. They were, they were all great. Um, came time to tell my parents, and I didn't know how to do it. So one night I'm sitting up all night thinking about how I'm going to do this, how I'm going to do this. So I said, you know what? And I wrote my mom an email. <laughs> so I'm sitting at the computer. I'm like, OK, I'm going to make this short and sweet. I'm not going to you know, drag it out. So I said, Hey mom. Subject, Sunday's gay. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what I did. I, I said, hey mom, um, you know that guy Kevin that's around a lot? Well, he's my boyfriend. Love you, have a good night. So, okay. My mom's an early riser. This is over the summer. My mom's an early riser. She's up at 5 o'clock every morning. First thing she does is goes on the computer and checks her email. So I get up the next day. It's got to be maybe 10 o'clock or so, and I'm freaking out. I'm starting to sweat. I'm like, oh God, she read the email by now. So I go downstairs, and she, she's all happy-go-lucky, you know, walking around, doing her thing. She didn't check her email that morning. <laughs> of all mornings for her not to check her email, it was that morning. I said, oh, crap. So now I'm sweating the entire day, thinking, when is she going to read this damn email that I sent her? So I'm not going to, you know, flat-out tell her. I was like, I wrote the email, so I'm just going to let it, you know, run its course. So the whole day goes by. It's like 9 o'clock at night. I'm sitting in the kitchen watching something on TV. And who goes to sit at the computer behind me and check her email? My mom I said, okay, this is great. I'm going to be sitting right here in the kitchen while she's reading it. So I grabbed my phone. I ran upstairs, and I called my cousin. I said, I don't know what the fuck to do. My mom's checking the email right now. And I was like, so do I sit there? Or do, I, do I say, mom, wait, before you check email? What do I do? She's like, just go down there and sit and just wait. And I said, okay. So I went downstairs. I sat, and, and you know, she's checking. I'm just checking. She's got 20 emails a day. I'm like, really good to go anywhere right now? So she's going, she's going through the line, she's going through the line, and I'm just I'm waiting for it. And I'm waiting for it, and then I hear Bran, and I'm like, girl. She goes, I knew. I was like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> I was like, I've been sweating bullets all day. Thanks, mom. I was like, what gave it away? My Sex in the City collection. <laughs> so she's she's very good about it. You know, she's the one running around with the symbols in her hands, clanging them. My son's gay. My son's gay. I love him. Um, she's always telling me she wants to hook me up with some people that she sees on the street. She's like, you know, I saw this really cute guy on the street the other day. And I'm like, She's like, but I don't know how to go up to him and like ask him. You know, my son, he's looking for a boyfriend, and I think you're really good looking. Would you mind going out? I'm like, okay, first of all, mom, no, I'm not that desperate. Second of all, I'm comfortable with myself right now. I'll, I'll find my own guy. Thank you. Um, my dad is another story. I mean, he's he's comfortable with it. He's just kind of the 
you don't talk about it type. He, the, he'll, he's very, very supportive, just don't talk about it. That's it. He, his main concern also is my happiness. He's afraid that because I am gay, I'm going to have a harder time in life than somebody like my brother who is straight. Um, so I, it's fine. I got my mom. My, my brother is a complete other side. I've had battles with him from day one. Um, but now it's kind of like he ignores it completely and just treats me as if I, I'm just his brother. He doesn't acknowledge the gay thing. Which is fine. Again, I, I don't see him. I don't have to see him. He just bought a house with his girlfriend. He's gone. Thank God. So, okay. <laughs> but I don't, have to, don't have to see him. Don't have to associate with him. But, uh, and then my grandmother. My mom told my grandma. My mom's yakka to yakka. She's got a big mouth, that one. She told my entire family, all of her friends. I have people, so you see anybody? Do you have a partner or anything? I'm like, really? Like, partner? People only use that word when they know you're gay. So I'm like, okay. So my mom got to you, too, apparently. So, um... She told my grandmother, my grandmother called me one day, and she's like, hi, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm on my way to a movie with a friend of mine. She goes, oh, who's your friend? It was my boyfriend at the time. Oh, my friend Kevin. Oh. <laughs> I said, oh, great, here we go. But she's chosen to forget about that since then, and she always asks me if I have a girlfriend now. So um, one day I told her that I was coming to Pennsylvania to see my friend Christina. And uh, she goes, oh, is that your girlfriend? I said, no, man, I'm still gay. Thank you. Thanks for asking. I'm doing fine. How are you? But, uh, so, but, but generally, good experiences, nothing horrific, and uh, doing, doing great with, with my family and everything. So. And this is an unrepresentative panel here, because yeah. my experience is fairly easy as well. My mom tried reverse psychology at, be at the beginning. Oh, that's great. But um, she's fine. I think the main thing, like Brandon, was she was concerned that I would not be able to do a lot of the things that she hoped for me, like have children and a family. So you know, that's one of the things I, I usually talk about. I have a stepson uh, who's 25. I started dating my partner when he was about eight. And she had him <coughs> by herself. 25 years ago with uh, artificial insemination. That's one of the ways that lesbians are able to get kids. I mean, lesbians get kids all different ways. They are in heterosexual relationships, they're married, they have kids and then they come out later in life. Um, some will adopt and that's state by state whether uh, adoption is allowed by gay couples. And then there's many more people these days not just gay people, there's a lot of single women who don't have a partner and really want to have kids and decide to get children through artificial insemination. So I'm happy to answer any questions people have about children and how growing up in you know, same-sex family affects kids or doesn't affect them. He's 25? He's 25. Oh, time flies. Yeah. Wow. So, I'll, I mean, I'll refill you. He's straight as are most children of gay people. Um, there's been a bunch of psychological studies and that show that gay, you know, kids who grow up in gay families are no more or less adjusted than um, kids in heterosexual families, like no more <coughs> mental illness. Generally, we do have to do more work to help prepare them for the fact that there may be some people who don't think our families are okay and I don't know if it's sort of the same as 
parents who have to prepare their kids for racism, you know, that they're going to have to deal with this in the world and this is how to protect yourself. So that's what we did is we said, you know, there's some people out here who don't think our family's okay, but you know what? That's their problem. Mm -hmm. Our family's fine. So he grew up feeling okay about himself. Um, questions people have about kids? Who wants, to, who wants to start off before we go to the papers? It's always better to have a little bit of interaction. Yeah. It's not a topic, but I want to know if anybody's spiritual, like your family's or anything, and sometimes you evolve from that. Will that microphone pick up people back there? Do they have to scream? Huh? So is that if anyone is spiritual and how that, or if the family's spiritual, how has being gay affected spirituality or religion? Well, the big thing um, is spirituality and being gay aren't two completely <coughs> discordant ideas. You can have both without an issue. There actually, there's one out here and there's one in Center City, um, Christian churches that are devoted entirely to gay congregations. Um, there are gay Catholic groups. Uh, there are gay groups for every religious de denomination you could think of. Um, the issue sort of comes in with specific <coughs> individuals' beliefs. Um, even in Catholicism, it's not that homosexuality is not allowed, it's that you're not supposed to practice the sexual portion of it. Um, so again, a lot of the issues with religion that sort of come up are based on people's individual beliefs about their specific religion. Um, in my case, uh, my mom is fairly religious. Um, we jokingly taken to referring to her as the church lady now because she moved to North Carolina and goes to church and does like all those stereotypical little old church lady <coughs> things. Um, and she very much has that view. Uh, What's her denomination? Catholic. Church. Yeah. <laughs> so she very much has that view that gay is wrong, it's not natural, it's not in the Bible, uh, it's, it's the Bible's against it, like all that stuff. Um, but again, that's not something that's inherent in Catholicism. That's her own interpretation of Catholicism. That's her own take on right. it. Um, as far as how I deal with it, <laughs> I just kind of ignore her at this point. And yeah, that's, that's kind of where that's at. Um, but again, spirituality, there are a lot of gays that are extremely spiritual, just as there are some who aren't. I'm not particularly. Um, I involved in any specific denomination. In other words, your question sort of circled around the, the other question of uh, is there a conflict between being gay and being religious? And I, I, I always, where is, where's Father John? Oh, so I always pick on you. And I know you don't like it, but maybe you're, you're a good sport. Uh, Father Joe is one of the class, classiest people I've ever met, so let me start off by saying that. Uh, how is a person supposed to reconcile being gay with what the Catholic Church teaches, which is that it's generally perceived that they view it as an abomination? No, no, just, just a bit loud so we can hear you. Okay. The, um, the official teaching is what you mentioned um, on, the, on the books, you know, the black and white teaching is you're not supposed to act out. Yeah. But you can have You can be gay but not do it. That's right. Right. So, but then, like everything else in every other discipline, there's interpretations. And just like um, uh, many doctors can go and learn cardiology, but three different cardiologists will interpret the uh, diagnostics of what's going on. Different theologians and, and pastors will uh, 
work with the individual and help them to interpret what's right for their conscience. You know, because even in the church, one teaching is not uh, equal to every other teaching. Mm -hmm. There are different levels of teachings in the church. So some things are more important than others. Right. And then people's conscience is, is like right up there. Is probably after the creed, um, the second most important teaching in the church is you have to follow your conscience. Right. So then all the moral teachings are tertiary. So how to reconcile a person's conscience with the tertiary teachings of the church? That's where you would want a practitioner, you know, to work with you. That's um, somebody you're comfortable with. Because some practitioners, like some practitioners in other disciplines, are more you know, conservative and some you know, So that that's how people can reconcile mm -hmm. within the institution. Right. Spirituality is bigger than. I know. I know. <coughs> of all the re different religious denominations, which one has the most liberal view toward being gay? Is it, isn't it the Episcopalian Church? Huh? I, you, always, you always tell us that. Huh? Yeah. They have gay bishops. They have gay bishops. Well, there you go right there. But, but there's the branch that's, you know, the shepherd. Well, if you want to be a priest, you have to hide the fact that you're gay? No, I mean, no. The main part of the church has endorsed the ordination of gay bishops, mm -hmm. but there is a, a group which has um, split off. No, I'm talking about I just changed the topic real I'm sorry. In the Catholic church, oh. can you be a Catholic priest and, and admit that you're gay? Is that allowed? You can't act on it. I mean, if you fill out the application form, can you say, check gay? And still get in? If you're not active, you're allowed in. Well, you can't be active anyway. Just, just an interesting side note um, on the religious thing, along the same lines. I mean, I'm sure a lot of you, when you think about the gay and the religious and all of that, you know the religious right groups who um, try to do like the turn you straight and true directions style um, reprogramming essentially. There's a funny story about one of the, the largest movements to get gays to go straight in the name of religion. Uh, it was founded by this one guy. Uh, he's going all over the country preaching it. Um, he has other people working with him. He eventually goes to a hotel for a huge conference um, saying, oh, I use this method, I turn straight, um, straight life is so much better, I'm so much closer to God. Um, there was a booking error, and what happened was he got stuck in the room with another reformed homosexual, and the two ended up falling in love, entirely renouncing the movement, and now go around the country talking about how this doesn't really work because otherwise I wouldn't have fallen in love with my with my straight roommate. So, um, you know, that's just sort of speaking to the, the effectiveness of those go straight programs. Were there other questions? Yeah, we had a question. Uh, I was just oh, James, yeah. looking with the church and Catholicism. I applied a lot of different um, vocational things for the church since I was even becoming a priest at one point. Now we were talking to different uh, um, organizations <coughs> like the, the diocesan priests when I asked them that question. I said, you know, there's the whole there's the whole thing when the the, the the pedophilia was coming out and yeah. everyone was like, Oh, it's because of the gay priest, you know? And so I was like, What is what is exactly the church's stance on accepting people in the seminary who claim to be gay? And the diocesan priest was like, Oh well, we don't really want to talk about it. I mean you could technically do it, just quiet about it. But then the other guys, uh, the orders, different orders, especially you know, Franciscans and Salesians and stuff, they actually were more strict about it and they said, Well, we see he says, we, we don't, we believe it's wrong. And he said, 
uh, we, we get around it by not discriminating against them by saying that it's a psychological disorder and therefore we cannot accept anyone with, with a previous psychological disorder because it's like well, they're back in the 12th century. Yeah, so that's why I, it was, I was confused. I was like, what's going on? What's the teaching? But I had a question uh, referring yeah. to Islam because I have a lot of Islamic friends who are very conservative. And they said, you know, if I had a gay, gay son or had a, a family member who was gay, we would disown immediately. Um, and I don't know if any, anyone has ever experienced anyone. So I have never known any gay Islamic people, gay Muslims. I was wondering if they you know any. And, how do they deal with it? Well, I think that so, I think in countries like that, if in some cases uh, they're beheaded. Yeah. Well, but so we have to remember, like in any religious denomination, there are um, there's a continuum. So I think orthodoxy of any group, whether it's Islamic orthodoxy, Christian orthodoxy, or Jewish orthodoxy, all of them are opposed to homosexuality and, and not very accepting. There's generally, um, you know, more liberal wings of each religion that, um, as the father was saying, let people come to terms. There's, you know, Reconstructionist Judaism is sort of the most liberal Jewish um, faith, and they're very accepting of gay folks. And, you know, I grew up as an Episcopalian, so fairly early on, um, they're fairly accepting. So I do have some friends who are Muslim and, and lesbian. So I think, again, they have to figure out, are they going to be part of the faith that they originally grew up in, if that's more conservative, or kind of find a more accepting denomination? I hope this doesn't sound like a bigoted statement, but I might as well just tell you what's on my mind, and that is that the Church of Islam, I'm sure it has many, many positive characteristics, but there are two things that stand out that I don't really, that really taste like crap. And that is their attitude towards women, number one. Uh, if, for instance, uh, uh, a, a woman is, is, is raped, it's perceived as her fault, and she's punished, that really is wrong. And their attitudes towards gay people are really, really backwards. Now, we had an experience in here when we had a smaller group a couple years ago where I had three students who were exported from, well, Kathy, what's that country with the nursing students? Oman. Oman. They're all males, right? <coughs> an hour and a half, the end of the semester, you know, I must have had, like, no impact at all because, were you here then? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. One guy goes, after we made it clear that it's genetic, it's normal, it's okay, you know, these people aren't screwed up, and all these other things we've done so far, he raises his hand after all this stuff and goes, so what's the treatment? In other words, so what's the cure? I feel like saying, so why the hell did we even do this? You know, it, it, his, his values were so deeply embedded in a pathological world, I think, that he, there was just no hope for enlightenment. Right, well, but again, I think we have to be really careful. I think that that is probably an example of the more fundamentalist or orthodox position. Yeah. And there, there are many different positions in Islam, and some are more liberal than others. Up in the, up in the back, there's a head. Yeah, yeah. Set, make it loud. I was sort of kind of steer off the window for you to talk about something. Sure. Um, <laughs> it was actually for Brandon. You said you knew you were gay since like fourth grade. They didn't tell your friends until college. Uh, did they know? Like, how did they hear you? 
Some of them do only because I'd never had a girlfriend. And um, I would never say, oh, that girl's hot. Or, oh, she's got big boobs. I've never said anything like that. <laughs> Which is typical. Uh, it's sad to say, but it's typical of what guys say growing up like that. And I never said anything like that. So my friend's like, you know, I, I thought maybe because you never seem to express much interest in women, but I wasn't sure. And he walked normally and didn't do this. <laughs> we have these stereotypes of gay guys, you know, they're so ungrounded. Which, by the way, we can still tell if a girl's hot or you have big boobs. Like, we're not blind. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to, like, jump on you, but I can still tell. Like, you know, so, like, it doesn't rule it out. Like, I've talked to straight friends, and they're like, oh, she's hot. And I was like, yeah, like, you know, I can say, I can tell she's hot, or, you know, I'm not, like, physically attracted to her, but, you know, it's not. I don't, and coming out's definitely a process, too. It's not something where people tend to think it's, like, a cure-all. Like, people that are in the closet see it as, oh, it's going to be so much better when I'm out. And then people, like, I guess straight people and then naive gay people like that think, oh, it's just, I'm coming out, it's going to be great. And then you try to do it. And then you realize that it doesn't end because you're constantly meeting new people. So, like, yeah, you're going to tell your friends now and your family, but then you're going to get another job. And then you got to decide, oh, do I tell the people I work with? Or, oh, you're going to meet people at a party, and oh, do I let them know now? And, like, it's something that you have to constantly work with. And, like, I get, like even me, I consider myself really out and very open and an open book. I don't really care if... You know, if you have a problem with it, that's your fault. Like, you know, I mean, I'll talk with you and we can work through something, but if you're uncomfortable with it and you don't want to be around me, that's on you. But um, even so, you have like issues like if you work, oh, if you have to get money, you know, like if there's a boss and something and if he's like really prejudiced or if he's like not that open to that stuff or people you work with, you're going to see these people every day and you need the money to work a job. It's not, sometimes it's not feasible to come out to these people or let them know. Um, so it's things like that where it's a constant thing you have to wonder about, like, and people say, well, why do you have to go around telling people then? Why do you have to do that? And you don't, like, I don't meet someone like, oh, hey, by the way, I'm gay, what's up? Like, it's, that's not how it works. But it's also stuff that comes up, because people say, like, oh, guys will be like, oh, she's hot. Or, oh, he's doing whatever. Like, we can't talk about any kind of relationships, who we think's attractive, mm -hmm. any opinion on anything. It comes up all the time. We're in college. Like, <laughs> if you're with people, tell me, like, you haven't talked about anything sexual or romantic or anything in the past, like, 24 hours and you're lying. So it's not like we have to kind of subdue that and hide that if you're if you're not out. So it's something that it comes up all the time. It's not like we have to actively tell you. It's just, you know, coming out's a continual process. When I keep saying talk loud, it's because we got this one little microphone up here. Oh, okay. Um, do you ever have any problems having actual friendships with people of your same sex? Does anyone, you have a new friend and they find out and they're like, oh, whoa, like, I'm scared that you're going to like me or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, because <laughs> I, well, I actually, I just had this discussion with one of my friends the other day because it's, that's one of my biggest pet peeves is most straight guys I know are actually pretty comfortable with it, which is surprising to me because I can understand. But at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like, no, like first off, don't flatter yourself. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna like. I'm not attracted to every guy ever. I have standards. Like, it's not like you know. I mean, so I'm not gonna like. Do you look at every girl and like, yeah, like no? There's gonna be girls you're not attracted to either. And then even if I am, you're straight. Like I'm not. I have boundaries. Like worst, the worst possible case scenario for a straight guy to find out that someone else is gay that they're close with, and then if the gay person happens to like them, they might. Like, all right, they're gonna say something or like try to flirt, or whatever. If you s reject them, that's a called sexual assault. If they go further than that, like, 
they're not going to try anything further with you. Like, I don't know. If it's awkward like that, then that's on the other person. But I, I never understood that. Like, oh, well, you know, they might hit on me, and that's a problem. Well, like, what if an ugly girl hits on you that you're not attracted to? <laughs> what, it's the same thing. You're not attracted to either one. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and we'll get to we'll get to you, Luke, later. Have like any of you wished that you weren't born gay just for like the sake of like not having to go through all this hassle? What's that? For the sake of not having to go through all this hassle? Yeah. I was thinking that myself. I didn't. I was hoping somebody would ask that question. Um, all right, I'll take this on. I actually love being gay. Um, you can just, it's, it's fun to see some reactions on people's faces when I tell them. Um, I'm one of those who like to push people's buttons. I like to get a rise out of people. I do some crazy screwed up things just to, you know, see, see what I can get people to do. So I actually do enjoy being gay for the sheer fact that I can say, oh, I'm gay. And someone's like, what? <laughs> Yeah, I like men. I like to kiss men. <laughs> it's, just, it, it's, it's fun, and, and I think being gay has something to do with my fashion sense, and I kind of like that too. So. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely never wish anything different than what it was. Um, granted, if I wasn't gay, there are probably a few rooms on Villanova's campus that would probably be slightly less tarnished than they are currently. Um, but overall, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. she speaks uh, in, in sterile medical yeah. terms. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, just the whole. When I was here, we had a, a pretty. It was a fairly small gay community. Um, but yeah, we had crazy parties like three times a week, just just because we were gay, and that was reason enough. Damn it. Um, <laughs> so you know, it's. I, I wouldn't trade it. Yeah, you have problems, but. You know what, if I wasn't gay, then I would have problems with some other area of my life for some other reason. It's like, problems are going to come up either way. It's I really never kind of experienced any kind of prejudice. And then, not that experiencing prejudice is good, but it's given me a little bit of taste of being an outsider. And I think that is actually a, a good experience to have, to, to realize that, um, you know, life is not easy all the time. And I think I, I've grown from that and learned from that. Well, yeah, I mean, I, first off, I don't know any other perspective. I don't know what it's like to be straight, so it's hard to be like, oh, I really wish I was straight, because I don't know what that's like, like, you know, first off. Um, second off, it's one of those things, too, like I said, like having the outsider's perspective really helps you grow as a person. Like, I mean, I've been discriminated against. I've been, when I was in my first relationship, I've been shouted at from cars. I've been told to leave places. I've been cursed at, yelled at. Um, I mean, it, you know, it, it happens, but at the same time, it's one of those things where I don't know what it's like to be straight. Um, I am who I am now because of that, so I really don't know. And there's, there are, like, pros to it, too. I mean, I don't have to worry about getting a girl pregnant. Score. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you don't understand how many times people come up to, like, I'll hear my friends going, like, oh, God, she didn't get a pee blah, blah, blah. <laughs> or, like, the girl's freaking out, because I, like, I have a bunch of friends that are girls, too, and I'll just be, like, all of them are freaking out all the time, and I'm just like, well, I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> sorry, you know, but stuff like that, there are, like, I don't know. I like being gay. I don't have a problem with it. And it's... You know, it's part of who I am. I don't know any different anyway, so I can't really make that decision. Uh, Luke had his hand up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were watching a movie in morning's class in Bernie, and it was all about the differences between men and women. A lot of it was about sex. And one was, uh, there was two questions. One was, uh, do you guys feel like you think about sex a lot more often than you girls? 
Oh yeah, right. The Remember the numbers? <laughs> the other was uh, there's a tendency for men to fall asleep after they have sex, and you guys just like both pass out. Or <laughs> 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 no, I said it'd be different. That's that's the funniest question. Respond to the first thing because I don't know about it. I'm not gay, right? But that video I showed you this morning, those numbers were from a scientific basis. It was presented that way by a, um, a, a sexologist. And the numbers, if I remember correctly, I, I don't remember the, the whole video because a certain favorite student of mine was uh, rumbling in, in the corner, remember? But it said that. Uh, Guys think of sex every, what, 52? 54 seconds. 54 seconds, and women two times a day. That's a lot. <laughs> that's all a right. lie, first off. So that's... That, we talk to women? Come on. Huh? Yeah, in all fairness, women aren't going to admit that they think about sex all day long. Um, I could probably beat the 52 times, what was it? Once every 52 seconds? Yeah, yeah, I could, I could top that easily. And uh, as far as falling asleep, it's better than NyQuil. So, you know, there's that part, but I don't know about the guys. Yeah, I think it's biological. Like, I, they prove that, like, it's something hormonal or something where, like, you, after sex you fall, it's like you get drowsy, I think. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, you know, there's also, but there's also stereotypes, too, with chick things. Like, some, like, guys fall asleep and girls want to cuddle. Like, I don't mind cuddling. That's fine. Like, if it's a chick thing to do, whatever. But, no, it's, yeah, you, <laughs> I don't know. Like, so there's certain gender stereotypes that are like, I don't know, but I think that is a biological thing. Like, yeah, you pass out afterward. Yeah, I'll, I'll like, say I'm an insomniac, and I have no problem falling asleep. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> it's probably true, yeah. <laughs> and, and a related question for what, for what you said is that uh, uh, if, in fact, men are more interested in sex than women are, and that was clearly a theme of that, of that video today, then I would imagine that there's a greater frequency of uh, sexual activity among gay males than there is among uh, gay females. I'm just doing it by the logic and by the math. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong. I, just but I mean, if, uh, if, if in fact the literature which describes us, straight or gay, as like rabbits, you know, and rabbit times rabbit is rabbit square. <laughs> so is, is that really well, close to the truth or is that just... One of my lesbian friends told me the other day, she said like, because it was the one thing where it was like, you know, gay guys have like, there's a stereotype they were promiscuous. No, there are that just want relationships and you know, all that stuff. And there was, <laughs> she told me though, they're like, well, what's the date? Like, what's the second date for a lesbian? You bring a U-Haul. Like, yeah. like, what's that? Like, <laughs> the second date for lesbians, you bring a U-Haul? Because they move in with each other. Like, because yeah. it's uh, like, they go fat, oh. like, commitment. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably like, that's the stereotype. Like, guys are, gay guys are promiscuous. And but some stereotypes like, are true. Well, I mean, I think if you go anywhere, like clubs anywhere, like if you go to clubs around here, straight clubs, people are grinding on each other and dancing and just want to hook up. If you go to a gay club, it's the same thing. People want to just hook up, like, but if you're on a dating site, it's probably going to be different, like, you know, well, depending which one you go on, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you know, but like, they're looking for relationships, so I think it depends on, like, what you look well, let, at. Let, let me rephrase it, then I'll shut up. Uh, average uh, number of sex partners by age 30, gay male column, Lesbian column. Which Standard lesbian column or my lesbian column? You're in your, you're in your third column. Right? I haven't figured you out yet. 
standard lesbian. She's two standard deviations beyond. Yeah, yeah pretty much. She's gold Way star plus. <laughs> you, you guys don't want to comment on this? We really, we really don't know I the just, facts? I don't know. I don't yeah, think there's been any research about it. I don't want to say it and it'd be wrong. I mean, I, you're right. I All think right. that we have, we think is correct, but we, we don't have the data. You're, that was good. <laughs> there's another <laughs> hand up. Yeah. Have you ever dated someone who's not as comfortable as you guys? And how do you deal with that? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Did you hear what she said? No. Uh, she said, have you ever dated uh, someone who's not as comfortable with being gay as you are, and how, how do they deal with it? Uh, my first boyfriend was completely well, out to all his friends so we can go out and have fun, but then not out to his family. So that was fun when I would sleep over. Um, it was really awkward. And then my second boyfriend was actually in the military. So, yeah, that's great. Uh, don't ask, don't tell is enacted. So pretty much, I can, any like he can't be out because if he is, then they can kick him out based on that. So it's pretty much, oh right, if I do anything remotely wrong or make one mistake, I ruin your career and your life. Awesome. So you know, it's like that's a special circumstance because it's different. Like he couldn't come out. He tried to be when he could be. Whereas some people aren't just not comfortable yet, and you have to like try to help. And it is. It's hard when you're on another level than the other person because, like, here I am speaking on panels, and here's somebody else who can't, like, you know, be out anywhere. Um, it does cause stress in relationships, but you know, it's just one of the problems that are in relationships that everybody can have. So, who's next? Yeah. How do you, how do you guys feel about don't ask, don't tell? Are you all <coughs> uniformly against it? Do you think the gay community is uniformly against it? That's like one of my hot issues. So like I'm obviously really biased because I dated someone in the military, and I it almost made me like not like the military as much as I I pretty like I can't because of what I went through with it. It was just I can't come to terms with that. It's my own bias against it. Um, generally, yeah, because it, to me it's the same thing as something like racism. Like oh, if someone's not if a racist and not comfortable with black people, and that's going to destroy synergy and like co group cohesion, but then it's not the black person's fault that's enlisted, it would be the person who's racist. So it's the same thing with gay people. Gay people can't be in there because they're afraid, oh, the people aren't going to be comfortable and they don't be, have comfortable with a gay person have their back. But at the same time, it's, it's the same thing if like, they're not comfortable with black people, not comfortable with whatever, it's the other, that's the person. But, you know, and I don't know when it's getting enacted. I heard it's getting overturned, like Obama's trying to get it overturned, but who knows when that'll be. Well, and but. I think, you know, the you also have to look at um, some of the data. There's other countries where it's all right to be in the military. Israel is the, the biggest yeah. um, example. You know, they have the fiercest army out there and you're allowed to be gay. And they don't have any problems. So I think a lot of it is perception about that this will be a problem. When you actually look at other European armies as well, it's not a problem. Mm -hmm. You know, gay people have been around forever and you know, it's not like we're new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's a very tough scenario. Like, if you can imagine just being with someone that, all right, it's, you know, oh, they might get humiliated if they people find out about them, but that's it. Like, no, they can lose their job, their career, like, their financial future. Yeah. And then on top of that, it's like, it's hard enough. First off, there's no support if, like, all right, they're going to go overseas. All right, well, then you get to talk to them. I don't know exactly how, like, I wasn't, he wasn't deployed when I was with him. But like being able to talk to someone, as rare as it is, since they're over there, they can die, they can do all this stuff, and I can't even tell them I love them or I'm with them or anything like that, or have any moral support for the person I'm in love with because I can't, because they can get kicked out. And then not only that, it's like you can say like, oh, army wives and army husbands. Oh, I was an army wife. Great, thanks, because there's no support for army husbands. 
which, or there is, but it's like very, very few because women are in the military too and leave husbands behind, but you know, it's, that's really biased to begin with. And then there can't be any support for the gay community because they get kicked out. They can't say they are. So there's a, absolutely no support for it. And it's just, it's a ridiculous situation. It's really bad. Yeah, Russ. Um, we were watching the same movie about the... Everybody else watched you right now. No, I We brought that weird guy out. <laughs> 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 but um, I don't know how to formulate. I'm not trying to. Oh, go for it, man. Yeah, just just shoot it. Yeah, I won't hold it against you. I swear. Here we go. This guy, this guy got a sex change, and I had to use the bathroom, so I didn't get the rest. I didn't know if he hated or like. I know, like that's even more of another issue. I don't know if you guys have friends. Cause you guys enjoy being yourself which is great but there's people like who get like confused or they like, yeah they, the, they're the, born in the wrong body like is this sex scene like is that yeah. a, you guys approve is that an option like like not even that but just like like if, if I don't even understand. Right. <laughs> no, so, do, you, just, do you want to talk about what is strange? Yeah. No, what happened? Let me tell you what happened. Okay? <laughs> this video today really, really pushed a lot of buttons. All right, and it was about discrimination in the workforce by gender. Okay, and on comes a picture of a guy with a beard and uh, he was short, glasses, clearly a guy, and he was high up in the world of, of physical science. Uh, however, uh, he was born a woman. When uh, the narrator said that this was actually a woman you were looking at, Russell had to go to the bathroom, all right? Because I think it kind of freaked him out because the guy really looked like a guy, didn't he? And, but the, the strange thing was that this person's work, when previously published with a female name as an author, was not held in much in the way of esteem. But when it, he had the sex change and his name change, and it was a male name, he was like, you know, being nominated for the Nobel Prize. I'm exaggerating a bit. So what, what Russell wants to know is, what do you think about, I think what you want to know is, what do you think about uh, transgender people? Do you think that's an abnormality, right? Is that, is that one way of putting it? I don't know, like, I don't know if that is a person who is gay and there's a difference right. between sexual orientation and gender identity and she can yeah we, we've got two things we've got sexuality which is who I like who I want in my bed who I want to do fun things with <laughs> that's sexuality all right gender identity is completely <laughs> separate gender identity is you either feel particularly feminine particularly masculine um, you know, you might, as a guy, use a couple of hair products, a little feminine, but you cool with that, you're secure with yourself, that's where you're at. That's gender identity. Some people look at themselves in the mirror and that's not how they feel. So they feel way more masculine. They look in the mirror, they see breasts, you know, they see female genitalia, all that stuff. That doesn't link up for them. It's got nothing to do with who they're attracted to. They could be attracted to men or women. Makes no difference. Um, so where they go from there is um, some are just comfortable trying to pass as the opposite gender, either just dressing like them or just acting more masculine or feminine or um, just sort of rejecting <coughs> gender pronouns altogether. So that's kind of like the, the most uh, minimalistically invasive process towards reconciling how you feel and how you look. 
then you can go a bit further, you could start doing hormones, uh, which in the case of female to male, someone who's female but feels more masculine. That's what this guy was. Yeah, I, you can't tell. I mean, any guy in here could be a trans female, you would never know. Um, because yeah, the thing is every fetus, when you're developed in the womb, starts off female. You add testosterone, that's how you end up with a male. So now as a female, if I start taking testosterone, same effect. It's almost impossible to tell Get the difference. Get a beard, you lose your hair. Yeah. yeah. Male pattern baldness, hair in all places, like your voice deepens, all that stuff. Just off testosterone. Male to female, a little easier to tell because they already have all those secondary characteristics. The hormones don't take them away. So that's sort of the second step, is you take the hormones and then you're sort of content with what you have. Because on the outside you look how people perceive you. I mean, you look like a guy, people are going to perceive you as a guy. You don't really care what's going on in your pants. From there, some people feel like they need more. Um, that's when surgery comes in. Um, you can either, you know, build it whichever way you want to build it, pretty much. Add or um, subtract. Yeah, pretty much. Um, it's a lot less successful surgery for female to male, because <coughs> surgeons say it's much easier to dig a hole than build a pole. So, you know. <laughs> so. This, is the, this is the paddle to take. <laughs> but you can still, you can get all that done, all that stuff works as best as they can make it with the surgical technology. Um, but again, transgender is about sort of your outsides don't match how you feel on the inside, and then you kind of choose what you do about it. Um, so like I said, some just go very minimalistic, others feel that they need to go the whole way. And it's okay. got nothing to do with sexuality at all. And the guy you saw in the video would not have undergone that <coughs> radical change where he was surgically altered unless he had gone through years of psychiatric evaluation to make sure he really felt like he was a male trapped in a female body. Because once the, once the surgery occurs, you know, that's it. Yeah, and two, two interesting facts on that. First, even though homosexuality is out of the DSM, gender identity disorder is still in the DSM. Yeah, well, it is, so right. transgender is still considered a psychiatric illness. Um, as much as the gay community kind of isn't okay with that, on the other hand, because it's in there, we can sometimes get medical reimbursement and insurance reimbursement for those sorts of procedures. So there are pros and cons there. Uh, the other interesting tidbit is at UPenn, they just passed um, their new health insurance plan, which covers any full sex transition that any student desires to undergo, which is tens of thousands of dollars if you want the full general reconstruction whole deal. And UPenn's insurance just elected to cover that, which is a huge step for, um, for anyone going to that school and for health insurance in general when dealing with gay Did you say you'll pay for identity. any student to have? Yeah, any student can get fully reimbursed now for getting a hmm. gender reassignment. Well, I haven't talked to Father Donahue about that one, huh, Father Justin? <laughs> <laughs> Did you go for that? <laughs> I don't know. See, that's kind of expensive. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a major sticking point, so a lot of people confuse that kind of yeah. thing. It's like, oh, gender identity you and sexual it, orientation. Man? It's kind of like, yeah. oh, it's like a guy. Um, sorry, it's just like, oh, if you're a guy, who, if you're with a guy, and I'm with a guy, like, oh, well, who's the girl in the relationship? No, no, we're both guys. Like, we're both guys, we both do things. Like, oh, who pays? Like, they're, they're all like, there's everything like, oh, who's the girl? Who has to be held? Who has to do this stuff? No, like, you're like you're both guys. The gender identity and sexual orientation are two different things. And Jess always says that it's more difficult to change a female into a male because of the requirement of adding uh, more IQ. 
You would say so. I didn't know that. Justin. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah. Thanks, Brady. So, but wait, one last question and then we're going to wrap it up. No, that was sort of my question. What about IQ? No, it's about Lesbians, um, I mean, at least from my experience, there's no pressure as far as how you pass yourself off. You can be masculine or feminine or however you want to arrange yourself within the community. Community is pretty good on that. Um, I obviously am not feminine. Um, no. You know, just not so much. Uh, and I tend to date sort of butcher women um, on average. Not my girlfriend now, but most of the time. And that's something you sort of get flack for within the community. Um, not that there's an expectation of a butch femme dynamic, but usually femme femme or butch femme is more acceptable than two butches sort of going together. So you sort of get second looks here and there, um, especially dealing with minority gay communities. That is completely out of the question. You can't even be butch and date another butch. That's not even like within the realm of possibility for a lot of gay minority communities. Um, but it's, it's not like a super huge deal. From what I've experienced, like people, you know, talk a little bit of shit about it for a few seconds and then kind of get over it and go on their way. But there are sort of those pressures that are there a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I just, just something want to add. Oh, yeah. It's just like go with ahead. guys, it's the same thing. It's like um, there's a lot of people like, oh, you're not gay, gay, so it's fine because they automatically assume gay means like flamboyant or feminine acting, and it's, that's not true. I mean, there are people that are more flamboyant, and it doesn't make you any less gay. Like, I'm no, I'm gay, gay. I like guys. Like, but um, at the same time, too, it's also like you'll see a lot of guys that are more in the closet or more masculine or anything like that that have like prejudices too. Like, well, you know, I need a straight acting guy, or I need like you know straight acting or less flamboyant. Or since the way to make themselves feel better would be to put down on people that are more flamboyant because for whatever reason that makes them feel better. But you know, so there's like mild discrimination that way. But you're not pressured to act. It's however you want to act is fine. Like, you know, and whoever you go out with, it's your own personal preference. I mean, I've met straight guys that are pretty flamboyant, but I was like, you have to be gay, and you're not. So, I mean, you'll find people that you'll be like, oh wow, they're not. Wow, and you just scratch your head. But like, so it's not gay or straight. Like, being flamboyant or more masculine or feminine or whatever, it's not just a gay or straight thing. It's more like gender identity. At the beginning of today's session, I said that I hope that you gain some deeper insight into a whole variety of aspects of, of being gay. And, and I told you, I kind of promised you that my, my panel would be real smart and you can ask them anything. And I, I don't know, I'm, I'm giving myself an A for truthfulness. I think that you guys are just great, all, all of you. Lizzie, I want to thank you. Thanks so much for coming. Thank and you, Kathy Bird. We'll be down here. Thank you, you DSC.